Welcome to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies, Blanca, May and me, Dee, have a dish about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about contemporary Ireland uh, veganism and vegetarianism. To me, there's a little bit of a disconnect, and correct me if I'm wrong, between what I see being served and you know, what Ireland has to offer. Um, Do you feel the same way, like, from an Irish point of view? May, what do you think? I just feel that, you know, we've discussed this before. You go to a health store, um, you find a lot of, you know, black beans coming from China. You find, like, a lot of Asian ingredients and kind of like, or, or quinoa, you know, what we talked about before, like all the grains of the Aztecs and the Mayas. And I think I, you said, you said yeah. once you're like, oh, I think there should be a new trendy diet. It's like, eat like an Aztec. I was yeah. like, <laughs> but I found I it very bizarre. <laughs> I found it very bizarre. I'm like, and I found, you know, there are wonderful products and I'm sure we, we could grow a lot more things. Do you see that disconnect? Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I think when I started to explore veganism here and see people and the dishes that were appearing on menus like that it just didn't seem like Irish veganism to me it it was more imported ingredients or um, you know lots of avocado um, initially (laughs) let's put it and I heard that also some vegans don't agree with eating avocados or something there's some um, theory behind that avocados aren't vegan I've never heard I've this. never heard that. It's like extreme veganism, I think. It's the other side of it. So because it's something to do with the way they're grown or something. Um I'll have to look that one up and yeah. go back to it. Uh, yeah, I, I but um I there was a whole thing on it online um that I followed before. But to cut back to so Irish veganism on menus, I think that there's definitely you see a lot of the as you said, a a, a disconnect between uh, what Irish veganism is, what Irish vegan dishes are um, representative of local food compared to, you know, oh, let's just follow the kind of trends of vegan food around the world and bring them to Ireland and put them on menus here. So like your quinoas and your your grains and um, other vegetables and like I said, the avocado or whatever. But I, I, there's only a few menus that I've seen really beautiful like Irish dishes that I felt were, you know, vegan dishes. Can you give us some examples, actually? Yeah, actually, I was in this um, restaurant, Glass restaurant on um, Chatham Street in Dublin, Dublin 2, just off Grafton Street. They opened and they're actually vegetarian, but they a lot of their dishes are vegan also. Um, and they had just some really nice, um, really nice dishes where the vegetables for me, it felt like something when I had been had a vegan meal abroad, it was really starting to look like that style. Up until recently, I didn't feel that there was any restaurants that really rep- that really were similar to when I've gone to a vegetarian specific yeah. restaurant abroad, like that standard, that kind of where the vegetable has really been the star on the plate. It's really creative meals, the same way you construct a, a, a dish with, with meat, but you know, someone really giving priority to vegetables. I just never felt like we had that here. You know, I mean, Cafe Paradiso and Cork, they've always mm-hmm. been amazing. They're vegetarian. I don't know how much of their menu is vegan, but I mean, Dennis Cotter is renowned as being one yep. of the people who really 
you know, promoted and brought on vegan vegetarianism in, in Ireland. And not even that. I mean, you were saying in London, you know, that everybody was crazy about the recipes for Catholic yeah. charity. So. Yeah. But he was, but it was really, he was, you know, out there on his own. You know, there wasn't, like I said, Cornucopia in Dublin was another one. But, you know, you're literally naming a couple of places. Like mm-hmm. up until recently, when places like Gloss or other restaurants who were becoming known for being very vegetarian or vegan friendly, um, which is a strange thing to say, but you know what I mean, that they have more, they're catering more to that clientele. Um, it just wasn't common. And so I, it was really great to go to Gloss and see something that I felt I had seen other places. But the food was representative here. Now, of course, there was styles. There was um, uh, like kind of corn fritters and things like this, which weren't very Irish, but they were, you know, obviously yeah. there was things like that on the menu. Um, but I felt that it was the first time I had really had an amazing vegan meal here that was veg that was vegetable based. I think yeah, I, it's, oh sorry. I have I have eaten in a restaurant here in Dublin which was very meat substitute based, which is Sova Vegan Butcher, mm-hmm. um, just off Camden Street. Excellent, excellent restaurant again. The food I you know, it's if you're looking for I suppose that's another side of veganism is that there's all these meat substitutes. So I had like a seitan steak and chips. Um you could also get scallops. My friend had those you know, scallops with a K. Um, I think they called it Viken or instead of chicken or something was another one. But, you know, all these kind of um, the tempas and the this kind of meat substitute. So it's a completely different vegan experience. I find the meat substitutes very, very annoying. Just all the beyond meat and how much publicity and attention they're getting for a product that is just mass produced and it's a processed food. And here we are, you know, p- people getting behind them. I just, I find, I, I don't know, I'm more traditional. I'd like to get back to a simpler diet. And I'm not romanticizing, you know, whatever, 1850 Spain. But I just want to go back to a diet where we sprinkle our food with a little bit of meat and where meat is not the main attraction. I do. I mean, I agree with you. I think, um, I mean, I love all the processed. I mean, I I, I know you I, do. I love the processed. <laughs> You're Chinese. <laughs> exactly. I'm Chinese. And, you know, and there's, you know, and one of the great things about the Chinese tradition is you have Buddhist temples. And I spent a lot of time, like, in Taiwan in these convents. And, I mean, like, fabulous, jolly nuns, you know, um, and beautiful meat substitutes and also um, just all the things you can do with soy. I mean, that's part of my, that's part of the Chinese Buddhist culture. I mean, you know, if you're not Buddhist in China, like, and vegetarian, they'll be like, what the heck is wrong with you? But, um, but yeah, just, just, and one of my favorite ingredients ever besides tofu, which gets very maligned here, um, is yuba, which is the skin that you take off of the um, soy milk as it's boiling for tofu. And, um, when it's like it's Japanese and Chinese, you can buy it dried and dried here. But in the Japanese version, however, is like silk, and it's just the most. Yeah, it's it's eating silk and um and um and then Chinese. Actually, D, you've had that with me in the the Taiwan breakfast yes. place. I was just thinking. <laughs> I I was like, I've had this. The kind of it was so amazing. Yeah. Um. I I think it's fine. But I think, you know, in a place like Spain or Ireland or Italy, to be eating a lot of tofu, like, base products and tofu noodles and drinking soy milk, I kind of question, like, is that the right approach? But but I do find 
we should stop, you know, supporting these big industries that like when we say we want to eat, you know, fake burgers, what are we supporting here? We're supporting, you know, Silicon Valley. We're supporting factories. Why don't we say let's start growing more beans in Ireland? That's something that I would love to see or in the UK, you know, like I'd love to go to a health food shop and see one packet coming in, even from, you know, a nearby country. But it just baffles me that we, we're importing all these beans, which I do believe beans are the way to go. And I know and I know my nephews who are their dads from Tipperary, they get very surprised that I love beans so much. I think there's a <laughs> resistance in Ireland, especially, you know, men are just resistant to to beans and, and lentils. Um, I was going to say, though, that one of the problems that, you know, and this is it's a bigger problem, it goes beyond the sort of vegan and vegetarian. I think one of the problems with that is that to eat like that, to make a pot of, you know, garbanzo beans taste delicious and, you know, all this, it takes a lot of time, you know, and there's, and no, I mean, it does. Instant it takes, pot. Well, yeah, that's true. If everyone can, you know, buy an Instant Pot, but I mean, I think it does. It takes quite a lot of time. And I think that um, a lot of vegans and vegetarians these days are young and they're working and they're, you know, and they're going out and, you know, and there's not to eat in a pure way, in the pure way that you're describing. I feel like you need to spend some time. But you can buy canned chickpeas, canned beans. You know, I I, I just find, I don't know, I think a a lot of people want to promote more legumes and I'm totally for that. And I just find there's a hit, even in Spain with, you know, traditionally the national dish of Spain is chickpeas. Even we're starting to see a resistance coming in from children who'd much rather have a donut. Like, so... I don't know. Do you think in Ireland we could have more beans? I think the baked bean culture here ruined mm-hmm. beans for us, being honest. I mean, like, I definitely think when I <laughs> Which talk... Which are vegan. Yes. When, when I, I... So my boyfriend's Brazilian and they, he has a lot of beans in his, you know, diet and he just can't understand the same how we don't eat more beans here. And... um you know, we've made a lot of dishes for family and things like that. And, you know, they love them once they make them. But it's just, I think, thinking of another popular dish here with beans in it is probably chili con carne, you know, which is, again, another has other issues with that. But that's, you know, people with kidney beans in that. But it's beans here, I think, to Irish people have to be covered in a sauce. Mm. And, you know, so, but even the French cassoulet or... um like a Spanish bean stew or something. I have seen some of that, but I feel like I'm not sure either why Irish people haven't adopted beans considering um, we have this baked bean culture, but then I feel like that must be the reason. I feel like we're all brought up on baked beans, you know, on toast or baked beans with, you know, with sausages and mash or something like that, that we always had. And I wonder, is that it? Because they were so sweetened they are so sweetened and so, you know, they come in this like lovely tomato sauce. I love, but then when I you love have beans bean. any I love other Irish way, baked beans. Yeah. yeah. I love them. Yeah. I mean, they're great, but I think, I wonder, has it ruined beans for us? Hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a really that's good, a really good, good point. point. <laughs> never, we need to, we, you need to explore that more. Um, can we go back to a, a thing that Dee mentioned to us? Um, she met a chef, um, a woman chef, who felt that men couldn't cook, men who are omnivores couldn't cook vegan food. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? So I met um, Esna McDermott. She's a, a vegan consultant, um, but she's also a vegan chef, as you said. And she's the former owner of B.O. Wine Bar and Kitchen in Stony Batter. 
um, which she had for a while, but it closed. Um, she kind of works with chefs to develop vegan cuisine and recipe development and things like that. And she wrote a column for a publication I work on, um, FFT, back in January, February. And it was interesting because we kind of gave her free reign to, you know, kind of rant. It was that was the whole point. It was a soapbox type column. And her point of view was something I had never really thought about before. And that is that, first of all, she thinks that basically our palates um our, a vegan's palate is different, basically, to uh, carnivores um, in terms of that a vegan tastes vegetables differently um, because their taste buds change the longer you're a vegan. Um, and therefore, a chef who is a meat eater um, creating a vegan dish for a menu doesn't truly understand their customers' palates and tastes. And that that was one of the reasons that she felt a lot of the vegan dishes fell flat here on menus. And I had never really thought about that before. But when you think about it, I mean, I thought it made quite a lot of sense because obviously a meat eater, you know, you hear about vegetarians who return back to meat or vice versa, who stop eating meat and they forget what meat tastes like or they... Um, they eat meat again for the, I don't know, for whatever reason, for the first time in ages and it tastes completely alien to them. And, you know, obviously your palate does adapt. And I, I don't know what the science is about how long it takes our taste buds to adapt to our palates to adapt to something. But if you're eating vegan for a few years, at least, I'm sure the way you appreciate or taste a vegetable is different to those, to me, who just eats vegan every now and again. It seems to me it's more, I don't know if the, if it's the taste buds, but it's just you have such a wider palate if you're vegetarian and vegan. I don't know. When I worked with Celia Brooks in, in Books for Cooks in London, it just amazed me that you could give her any vegetable and she would find something to do. Whereas I'd be like, well, what do I do? Fry it? Steam it? And she would make these amazing dishes. And I think... In general, most vegetarians and vegans have a wider palate, and and I consider myself a you wider. Know, I'm a not, mean, sort of almost a more creative palate. You know, they, they eat they look, more things, and they're mm. like you know, I eat meat, so sometimes yeah, I'll make you know steak and some a salad, and you know, if you're vegetarian, you have to be more creative and eat more vegetables to co find the combinations that work. So, but I don't know if it's a chemical taste bud thing. What do you think, May? Do you think it's more just... Just to add to that before May comes in is that she made the point that basically, you know, chefs who are classically trained to, um, I suppose, uncover and through knowledge and technique, they uncover layers of flavor in, in meat and the hidden kind of layers. When you take meat and dairy out from that, um, it's just that's, you know, How can they bring out the same, I suppose, layers of flavor in, in just vegetables if you're not using, because their classical training has gone to just use meat or, or dairy products to do that. And then what she says is that when meat and especially dairy are removed from the diet, the taste buds and the flavor receptors, they alter gradually and the body craves new flavors, textures, aroma, aromas, colors, shapes, sounds, even temperatures and ultimately your experience. I mean, there's there's something to be said about that apparently. but And I think it's also that's not something that... A, 
it's not something that a meat eater cannot appreciate, right? Um, and, you know, again, Japanese temple cuisine, like everybody is crazy about it. And it is, it's about this idea of getting, you know, other textures and flavors that, you know, that people, that you would not have, might not have imagined. And I was going to say that, um, and the, sorry, two chefs that come to mind, and I know that there should be more, but um, would have been people like Dan Barber, who runs Blue Hill in New York, and Thomas Keller, who runs the French Laundry in California. And they are both known for, you know, they're they're omnivores, you know, and they're chefs for omnivores, but they're known for their exquisite vegetarian and vegan foods because, and they, they, and because they lavish so much attention on the vegetable. And I think because of that, also I think that there's, and maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe what Ethna is for me complaining about is that there's not, there's not that sort of decadence and lavishness um, that is done for vegan food that you might see in other places. Uh, and, you know, and I, Another place is, that comes to mind is New York City's um, Amanda Cohen has this place called Dirt Candy. And again, I think that we, we associate too much maybe vegan food with even health or stuff like that. And Amanda Cohen, who is – Dirt Candy is not vegan. It's vegetarian. But it's sort of like Cafe Paradiso in where it's like we are going – this is going to be luxury. This is going to be kind of bad for you. It's going to be naughty. We're going to give you, you – know, porcini mushrooms and lots of soy cream or actual cream and you know so and that philosophy is missing here I think when you're going out to eat um just one thing I associate and this is because my first language is Spanish I associate vegan veganism and vegetarianism with females and you know in Spain words some words are masculine and some words are feminine and I always do these associations and Anglo-Saxons look at me like, you're crazy. And it's a totally normal thing for people who speak Spanish or German. But I do associate vegetarianism with females. And I do see there's a lot of women who do vegan and vegetarian, much more than men. And I do think that it's a cuisine that's suited you know, to women who have been very resourceful in cooking, you know, with fewer ingredients and, you know, who who normally have, you know, the burden of most of the shopping and most of the cooking. So I do see there's also um, a confrontation between m more like male forces and female forces in the debate of being vegetarian and being vegan. Is that something, do you see that or no? I don't necessarily. I, it's interesting. I actually think that, um, I, th I mean, again, this genderizing it isn't, but I think that, um, and again, maybe going back to Keller or isn't the person behind Paradiso, he's the guy, a man as well. Dennis Cotter, yeah. Dennis Cotter. I Although think someone, another name sprung to mind while you were speaking about it was um, uh, Shannon Martinez and Mo Wise uh, from Smith and Daughters in Melbourne, Australia. I interviewed Shannon. She was over for Food on the Edge and Actually, she gave a, a talk at Food on the Edge and it was again like her photographs and her her food, her dishes were, as you've just said, they were they were dirty. They were they were decadent. They were the type of vegan food I would eat every single day. And they're going to put some weight on your thighs. Yes, they were, they were fatty. They were lush. They were guilty pleasures. They were amazing. There was there was nothing. As you said, I think I also have this health uh, connection when I think of veganism a little bit um, as well as environmental but I do think see it as healthier for some reason but it 
It doesn't have to be. Um, but back to the the gender thing, I think that um, a lot of men are attracted to the cha- if we're going to genderize, I think a lot of men are attracted to that challenge. Like, mm-hmm. like you give a guy if you give guys restrictions and they'll be like, all right, you know, and like, and that there's there's a, I feel like more men are purists. But you're thinking from a chef like from a chef's world. I'm talking more, um, I guess, because I'm a suburban. Dublin mom. I'm talking more from a women in the home, which is something we don't really talk a lot about. We talk a lot about chefs, but I do find that women, you know, tend to be more interested in like cooking vegetables at home than men are. Just and I do see that there's that trend that people are more and more like going towards, oh, you know, I'm going to cut back on my eggs or maybe I'm going to learn a cake that doesn't have five eggs and butter and all these things. I I, I don't know. I I it's just because we're the keepers of, you know, yeah, but the also health women, and the food in the house. Women, you know, a lot of women are also concerned about weight. You know, I mean, that's that's another thing. I mean, and that that is also another sort of sometimes a argument that I hear against veganism is like, who's a vegan and who's an anorexic? Well, mm-hmm. and also as well, I think in Ireland, if I look at all of the vegan cookbooks that have come out in the last, from authors in the last year or two years, they're all female bloggers. Yeah. Um, who are either fitness um, fanatics or health fanatics or just food cooks, cooks, as you said, cooks at mums who have decided to turn vegan at home um, for whatever reason. But they are all very it's beautiful, sort of thin, healthy, promoting that as a kind of a glowing. I got healthier, I got thinner, I got you know, whatever, because That's of veganism. Clean, it's just, and also it's the, the clean eating. Clean it's clean eating. eating. It's also, and it's, you know, it's... I detest. It is. It's <laughs> depriving, right? Which yeah. is, and that's the sort of, you know, and that's... you. Um, uh, the woman Shannon Shannon Martinez yeah Martinez and um, Amanda Cohen and you know these people are kind of going the opposite direction they're like we're going to be vegetarian slash vegan and we are going to put flesh on your thighs well it's really funny actually that that persona is kind of put out there about veganism here that these women you know are and I suppose what they're trying to do is to educate people with the recipes that they've created that you can eat healthy or you can have delicious home cooked vegan food you know at home because a lot of people who turn vegan, let's face it, they end up eating processed foods. I mean, whether it's, I don't know, because they they don't live somewhere in the country here on the island where they have access to vegan food at lunch or at dinner when they go out, or just because they can't, maybe the education, maybe the learning curve of turning vegan and cooking at home for a vegan is it takes a long time to get there to have the same wholesome meals for some people. And it's just easier to go and buy a ready cooked vegan meal that you just pop in the microwave or oven or something or or vegan friendly um, snacks or processed food from that perspective. But definitely, I think it helps um, to have the photo yes. that you can have this hair and you can have this waistline. And if you eat the, the, the recipes I, but and it, it this is going to be this is a little this is kind of a segue it's a little tenuous but we are talking about gender and women and vegan and vegetarianism and one of the things that I found really interesting was I was told um, that cornucopia and later in the 80s um, there was another vegetarian restaurant opened by Carol Walsh called the celery and um, and cornucopia and the celery became these alternative spaces for uh, like there'd be a lesbian night, there'd be a transvestite night at Celery. There was, you know, it was like, it was this, if you were, 
um, which I found so so interesting. So like that sort of Dublin vegetarian culture is not just about eating vegetables. It's about if you're a punk, if you, you know, you're somewhat different, like this is where you go and hang out. But even if you look at, and dare I mention it, so we can't talk about veganism in Ireland without bringing up the the happy duo, the yes. happy pair. Um, like Dave and Stephen, they've done so much to promote veganism in Ireland. And I, I absolutely adore the guys. I think they're so nice. They're such really nice people. But when you look at what they have, they are the people who go to the happy pair all the time. I used to work out in Greystone, so I used to work right opposite the happy pair. So I know the people who go there, I know the people who eat there. And there is a kind of a tribe, a kind of a a type of person who would go there. And it is very much alternative, as you said, and I hate using that term, but you know what I mean in terms of all sorts of walks of life, all sorts of uh, gender genders of of. of uh, nationalities and especially nationalities you would mm-hmm. definitely the happy pair uh, crew and people who would eat there frequently would not be Irish um, you know but they would come from even Dublin city centre out to Greystones on the Dart to get a vegan fix um, and, that's really and the guys were I mean the guys you know got into yoga and and this kind of lifestyle from traveling. They went traveling before that. They were kind of like rugby jocks who, you know, like um, who lived in Greystones. But they they went traveling and they they just really loved this style or these people, that kind of people. And and then they came back and they decided to bring this slice of their their of to bring their own perspective of that in food and in culture to Greystones and, and they started there. And for people who outside, I would say people outside of Ireland who are not familiar with the happy pair. Yes. Um, these are two extremely good looking guys. So they are wonderful walking twins. advertisement twins. <laughs> wonderful walking twins. advertisements for the vegan lifestyle. And, and even, yoga. And yoga. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm basically... You know, if you're not a vegan or into yoga, most people have gone to the happy pair just to If you're into men. If you're into men, yes. yes. And uh, yeah, and actually their other brother, Dara, is in it as well, who's not a twin. He's part of the business as well. But and they I mean, look, and it's the vegan food that they offer is not um, refined. It's not um, decadent or anything, but it is really, really good. It's I mean, just this from their salad counter to their cooked food to the I kind of love the snacks that they do I mean I had the the best uh, the best um chocolate cake you know almond chocolate cake uh out there I remember when I first started the flourless chocolate cake when that really took off here um but also they do bounty bars they do twixes all these kind of their own versions of these these treats that everybody would know and, um, you know, obviously they've done loads of cookbooks as well. So the recipes are available. So they've done a lot to bring on people and kind of, I suppose, uh, demystify vegan food for Irish people. Um, I think we're going to, you know, wrap it up. But I actually just wanted to ask you, ladies, um, what do you think is going to be the future of vegan food in Ireland? And what are you hoping to see? I think um, th- definitely we're going to see more process. Um, fake meats and you know I'm not very happy about that but I see that that's just going to happen I would like to see this is more a wish I would like to see more of a promotion of legumes in in all walks of life in Ireland in schools children growing them I don't know a lot about what legumes you could grow in Ireland but I I that's that's my wish more legumes please not in a can 
I definitely think you've seen uh, over the past few years a huge increase in the number of um, restaurants and cafes promoting vegan food uh, options just on the menu. I mean, it's I've heard from my brother lives in Berlin and when he comes over, friends from Germany and places like that, they can't get over how vegan friendly Ireland is in particular, mm-hmm. Dublin, um, but actually not just Dublin, any of the cities and stuff they have. There's great vegan options here. I think that's only going to increase. I think people are making a conscious effort for environmental reasons to eat more vegan food even at home now. And I think that culture is going to kind of become part of our culture as such or that trend, um, for want of a better word. The one thing I will say, and again, it's probably a wish, um, I wish the government would support the agriculture industry in this country to grow more vegetables um, and to give land to vegan uh, for vegetables and then therefore, I suppose, to help promote a vegan uh, culture here because if we can, that's, that's more locally based, I should mm-hmm. say, because we did talk about how locality can you like can an Irish person truly eat locally and be vegan or vice versa? You know, can you be vegan and eat locally? So I think that's a huge predicament for the future of veganism in Ireland. And I think that in order to do that, the the government needs to support the vegetable agriculture in this uh, or vegetable growing in this in this country. So I would love to see that. And if that happens, then I think that, you know, we'll start to see some of the more, I definitely think some of the chefs will get on board and start uh, opening up more kind of high-end vegan kind of restaurants like we've seen in other countries, um, but also on a more casual basis as well. I think we're going to start to see more vegan and vegetarian uh, restaurants opening up. And I just, I know I showed you ladies this before, um, but there is a picture of a vegan lasagna, which is oozing with cashew bechamel and cashew ricotta, and it's got black truffles. And I just want Ireland to get to a point with veganism so I can eat some of that and gain some weight. If you like what you heard or better yet, have a question or response or comment to anything that we said today, we really want to hear from you. So please contact us at Instagram at Spice Bags Pod. Twitter as well is the same Spice Bags Pod. Or you can email us at spicebagspod at gmail.com. 